you this morning, and we thank you. We uh, proclaim you are good, so good, more than we deserve. Um, I just pray uh, that in the midst of this service, that your Holy Spirit will lead us and guide us, that you will open our hearts and open our minds to what you want us to hear and see through your word and um, through my words. I pray that your Holy Spirit will speak through me today. Once again, we thank you and praise you. In your name I pray, amen. You may be seated. How's everybody doing this morning? <laughs> Good. Good, I'm glad someone spoke up. Um, this morning is going to be a little bit different. I'm going to uh, share a little bit about my life. Um, as uh, It's about the third service that... Uh, we've kind of been in charge of as, as Mercy Hill, and uh, I just want to share my testimony, uh, what, what God has done in my life. Um, but I want to start out with uh, Colossians chapter 1, and just read a little bit, because if, if you truly believe in Jesus, if Jesus has come into your life and changed your life, this is pretty much everybody's testimony of what God does in our lives. And so... Um, and as I, as I do share part of my story, it's not really my story. It's really about Jesus. It's really about what Jesus has done in my life. Um, so it's more his story than my story. And so I just want us to kind of center around that, that, that every time I'm, I'm, I'm speaking about some of my own life experiences, it's really about Jesus and what he's been doing in my life ever since my birth and actually, if you, if you believe what the Bible says, even before I was born, before the beginning of time, he has ordained certain things to happen. And he has set things in motion. Um, and so, uh, big picture is, uh, it's all about Jesus. It's all about Jesus. So, uh, let's go to Colossians chapter 1, verse 15. I want to start in. And it says, He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. For by him all things were created, things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities, all things were created by him and for him. He is before all things. In him all things hold together. And he is the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning and the firstborn from among the dead, so that in everything he might have the supremacy. For God was pleased to have all his fullness dwell in him, and through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether things on earth or things in heaven, by making peace through his blood shed on the cross. And who is that he that the Bible is speaking about? It's Jesus. It's Jesus. And so, as, as, I love how 17, verse 17 there says, he holds all things together, right? Visible and invisible. Think about it. God holds all things together through Jesus. Holds all things together, invisible and invisible. Down to the, down to the atom and in the midst of even how an atom works, God is holding all those things together. All the way up to the, the, the hugeness of the universe, right? Scientists are, are, are talking about how the universe is even expanding today. They don't completely understand it. And yet God holds all that together. He even holds, think about it, time together, right? Think about that. He holds time together, right? That the time that we know of as, as we age here on earth, even, even down to the end of the second, he holds all those things together. And I just want to frame that as, as I share my story of what Jesus has done for me in that, that, that God is so huge, so big, and yet he cares about each and every one of us as individuals. And that he has a, he loves you, he loves me so personally that he, as it says in the, in the end of there, is what I shared, that he made peace by his own shedding of the blood. That's amazing. That is truly amazing that God, someone that, that we can't even understand and fathom in our humanness, loves us that much. 
And so, as, as I share a little bit of my testimony today, I, I, I hope that we, we are constantly, that is in the forefront of our mind, about how much God loves us, and how huge he is, and yet, at the same time, he loves us more than we could ever know. So to, so to be in my story, you know, um, like many of you, I was born. In fact, my mom and dad are standing or sitting back there right now. Uh, I grew up in Holmesville, Holmesville, a little town just north of here. Uh, and uh, honestly, uh, the fact that I'm actually standing here right now is a miracle. Um, I was born with club feet, and club feet is a deformity of the feet. Um, my feet were out of the womb. My feet were so bad that my big toe was resting on my ankle on both sides of my feet. So um, with, with correction of casts and then finally surgery, I'm actually able to stand here. Most people probably don't even know that I had a deformity of the feet by just looking at me, um, which, is, which is awesome. I mean, um, I know that mom and dad said that... Uh, they had uh, a few other couples that had children like myself, and some of those children had multiple surgeries, multiple surgeries, and they're still not fully corrected, where um, some of the kids have to, or now adults, have to wear two different size shoes because they couldn't fully correct it. And so the fact that, I'm standing here, the fact that I have two of the same size shoes is, 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 is a miracle. Thank God for that, right? Um, so, you know, very thankful, very thankful that I, I'm actually standing on my two feet. Um, when mom and dad got, got married, they went to the dad's church. He, I, was, I was actually baptized as an infant in the Presbyterian church. Um, and then later on, they, they chose to, through various reasons, um, some of the liberalism that was happening in the Presbyterian church, they decided to look for another church. And so I actually don't remember the Presbyterian Church, but I grew up in the Church of Christ in Holmesville. And um, I, I remember some very, very precious people that loved me very much in that church, uh, especially my Sunday school teacher. And um, she just shared the love of Jesus. And uh, this is before kindergarten, I believe. I was uh, processing what she was talking about one day. And I was coloring a picture in, in the uh, living room. And something compelled me to get up and go to tell my mom that I loved Jesus more than I loved her. And, you know, I was like, yeah, I'm just like, okay. I, I did it. And mom's like crying, wiping her tears. Oh, my goodness. And I, I, I'm like, why wouldn't I love Jesus more than you, right? I mean, that was just kind of a, in my rational mind as a, like a four-year-old or whatever, how old I was. And, you know, in, in, in my experience up to that point with Christianity was more intellectual. And, you know, and, and when I say that, you know, once again, limited to a, 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 a child's thinking. But I, I, I didn't really have an emotional side of that. And I even remember church camps, going to church camps, like I remember somebody coming up and, and giving their testimony and they're bawling their eyes out. I'm, I'm, I'm thinking back there, why are they crying? Why, 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 what's all this emotion about you know, I know Jesus loves me. I know that, uh, you know, I, I, I try to serve him the best I can. And so, yeah, you know, Jesus is going to love me. Um, in fact, I remember almost a mantra at the Church of Christ that I grew up, and, and, and it, it, it's, a, it's false, but I, I heard this a lot growing up. Jesus did all this for you. Now you must do this for Jesus. Jesus did this. And so, therefore, now you're obligated to live this good life. You're, you're, you're to, you know, do this and do this and do this. And so, I didn't fully understand the gospel, you know, as, as I was growing up um, to the extent that I, I, believe, I, I believe it now. But, I, I, once again, it was one of those things where, where I just continually heard more of a workspace, Right? And you've got to do X, Y, Z because Jesus did this for you. And, uh, you know, I didn't, I didn't completely understand how much Jesus sacrificed for me either. Um, I, I remember also growing up that I was kind of a nerd. 
And so like for a hobby, I would read the encyclopedia. But I, I did that with the Bible as well. So I remember like I was in probably fourth, fifth grade. I was reading, I was just consuming the Bible, like especially Old Testament stories. And I was loving every minute of it. And I was going to the pastor, the minister at the time, and I was asking him all these questions. Like, you know, and it was, it was really important for me at that time to like, you know, I got all this head knowledge, like, ah, yeah. And, and, and just as the Bible says it, knowledge will puff up. And, and I, you know, got in debates with my Sunday school teacher because I, quote, unquote, knew more than they did. And so my attitude was pretty, pretty rough um, at times. Um, I, I eventually got rebaptized in the, in the Church of Christ. So for all my... Uh, Mennonite and Anabaptist friends, I truly am an Anabaptist. I got rebaptized. <laughs> it's a joke because, uh, in a way, because um, after about junior high, uh, middle high school, I started attending a youth group at a Mennonite church just outside of Holmesville. And so, uh, Moorhead is where I went from there. And uh, the. Uh, I just remember the youth group being so, so great for me because there was actually people there my age and at the Church of Christ I grew up in, there was no, no youth there. Growing up and coming in that, and there was actual Bible studies there. And there was youth leaders that really did care about me. In fact, one of them is now my father-in-law. Um, my wife... And, and I knew my wife before that, but because um, I would go out there for VBS, and her cousin was my next, next door neighbor, so I kind of always knew my wife, but I um, went to youth group, uh, got involved in the youth group, and her dad, Paul, um, just really had a huge influence in my life at that time. Um, just somebody, an adult that actually cared. Um, Listen, not that I didn't have any other adults in my life at that time, but, but really felt like he understood what I was going through, right? Um, I remember junior high and, and beginning of high school being really rough. Um, my attitude was really bad, but um, I was kind of in that stage, big glasses, acne, braces, and just really feeling very terrible about myself. And, and finding these peers that love Jesus, that love me, for me, was, was truly amazing. And so I was, I was growing spiritually there, um, learned how to do Bible studies there, ironically. They, they, they would take turns, the youth would take turns doing Bible studies. So, so that's how I got my feet wet in actually doing Bible studies. And so there, there were so many foundations laid there, it wasn't even funny. Um, started driving, I, I started going out there full-time. I started attending there. And uh, then eventually, actually, my family started attending there um, after that. Um, I, I also remember there, there, was, there were some family issues that, that came up in my life about that time. Um, my grandparents passed away, and there was just a lot of family turbulence, if you will, um, my family um, has some very unhealthy healthiness, if, if you will, uh, without going into too many details. And um, so there was a lot of hurt brought on to my life from that. Now, once again, I'm not, I'm not trying to play the victim here at all because um, I helped escalate some things. I, I, out of hurt, I hurt other family members as well. And, uh, you know, that's one thing that I've I found in, in my life is when you're hurting, you, you, you end up hurting others. Um, so hurting people a lot of times will hurt people. And, uh, but you know, that, that was a, a kind of a, a, a rub, if you will, in my life. And, uh, and I believe that Jesus has really healed me from that, uh, has worked through a lot of my life in that, and I'll, I'll share a little bit more in that a little bit later. But um, as, as, as high school was going on, um, between my junior and senior year, um, there was an organization called Teen Sing Out, <clears throat> and I didn't sing, or couldn't sing really well, but there was a lot of girls there. So it was like, you know what, this might be a good place to go check this out and maybe, uh, maybe check out some girls. 
Um, that was really my motivation, really pure, right? But, you know, God used it. And in that, um, it was just like a big youth group. And we would actually go around and sing at churches every Sunday night, and then there would be a, uh, a, a big trip in the summer that we would go on. And uh, in that, you know, God used that in my own life as well. Um, about that time between my junior and senior year, I recommitted my life to Christ. Um, I just remember one night falling on my knees saying, God, use me. Use me however you want to use me. Um, I want to be yours and no one else's. That simple prayer, but I, I believe that God has been faithful in that prayer. That God has uh, uh, taken me beyond what I, could, what I could ever think about serving him as. And so, um, about that time, there was an organization at Wayndale, I, I graduated from Wayndale, um, called Young Life. It started up. And there was another Paul, Paul Miller, who, who's now with the Lord, um, was another, another huge influence on my life in, in my, my teen years. And um, he just basically opened his home up on Tuesday nights, and all these teenagers would go hang out at his house. And we would do a Bible study and uh, just have fellowship. And it was huge. It was, it was, it was really huge. It was, I was able to, um, if you will, come out with my faith in the high school. Everybody, everybody knew in my senior year that I was a believer. Everybody knew that um, I was somebody that followed Jesus. And, and it, these, these folks, these, these uh, peers of mine... But Paul and Linda Miller just really helped me able to do that. And so I'm very thankful for them. Um, and that, about that time, my wife and I actually started dating as well. So um, we were, we become very good friends. I, in fact, we still are best friends. I'm very thankful that, that, that God has given me um, my best friend as my wife. It's been a huge blessing. So we started dating um, our senior year. She, went, she was actually graduated from West Holmes. I graduated from um, Wayndale. We both graduated in 94. Um, at the end of my senior year, starting at my end of my senior year, I was really, really had no clue what I was going to do with my life. Everybody had plans. Everybody was going to go to college. Um, my girlfriend, my wife now, um, wanted to be a teacher all her life, right? And here I am, I'm sitting here at the end of my senior year wanting to get out of school because I hated school. At the same time, I had absolutely no clue what I was going to do. And it was a really scary time because I just recommitted my life to the Lord. I said, Lord, whatever you want me to do. And in the midst of that, I was like, but I have no clue what I'm going to do. And so uh, there was a verse that just really grabbed hold of me and uh, it's a verse that just means so much to me. And it's, it's a very popular verse, but it's a verse that it has very, uh, very personal to me. But it's Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him, and he will make your path straight. And I truly believe that. It doesn't mean that everything's going to be perfect. It doesn't mean that everything is going to be, you know, rainbows, lollipops, and unicorns. But it does mean that God cares about you. And when you trust in him, he has a way of making it through. And it, it just, it, it, it's, it's an amazing journey when, when you completely put your trust in him. So long story short, we graduate. I'm, I'm sitting there. I'm actually working at a, a factory job, second shift, which I actually hate. And uh, this opportunity comes up to go to Romania um, through an organization called Yes, Youth Evangelism Service. It's no longer in existence, uh, but it's through the Mennonite Church. And uh, I jumped on it. I was almost out of desperation. Um, ironically, they were praying for, for a team member to join the team because they were minus one person. And so I was praying on this side of it, like, okay, Lord, what do you mean to do? What, what am I supposed to do? 
And so even though my application was in, came in late, they still accepted me and um, went to Baltimore, Maryland. I, I lived in inner city Baltimore for three months, trained, and, and a, a lot of my, even, even down the road, and I'll explain a little bit what I mean by that, the missionary training that they gave me has been so helpful um, for just everything I do as far as, as ministry goes. And, uh, and so some very practical things they trained you on, but they also trained you on, on, on biblical studies, on, on the Bible, and really digging in. And so I, I really flourished there. I, I, I lightened it to almost like a greenhouse, a spiritual greenhouse that I was at. And they just, we, we lived in this big old, we called it the mansion. It was in a, in a corner of, a, of the inner city section of Baltimore. And we just thrived. We had about five teams, five different teams training there. And they were all going around the world. And so as we trained, as we had classes, as we, as we did all this, um, I just really grew in the Lord. Um, as I was growing in the Lord, <laughs> there was also conviction coming from the Lord. And so there was times that I would just, on the weekends, I would call certain people that I had hurt over the years and say, I'm sorry. Not expecting another apology from them, but just saying, look, I'm sorry for what, what I did to you out of my hurt. And, uh, you know, God... God just really softened my heart and um, just changed me, changed me from the inside uh, in that time. Um, as the days crept closer, uh, came home, a little break, you know, I said goodbye to everybody, um, switched my girlfriend, spent as much time with her as possible uh, because I was going to be gone for eight months overseas. And... Um, flew over there, and, and, and I am, as I'm flying over, I am like, okay, am I really, really supposed to be doing this? Now, I, I questioned that during training, which the interesting thing about training was, when I walked into the door of the room that I stayed in, everybody had little verses by their names, right? Now, I said that, you know, Proverbs 3 and 5 and 6 had become very personal to me, right? And I walk in, and I'm like, I'm praying, I remember going up the hallway to the training, and I was like, God, am I really supposed to be here? Just asking that question, right? And I, I get to my door where my name is, and everybody else had their names, you know, where we're supposed to be, and everybody had these different verses. Every, and, and what verse was on my name? Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Amazing. I was like, okay, there's my answer, you know. But then, you know, I'm, I'm praying this at, at, at the same time. I'm like, okay. Um, as we're flying over, okay, I'm like, Okay, God, I'm not sure. Am I supposed to be here? Um, and and it, that kind of, that attitude kind of uh, proceeded with me. That question kind of proceeded with me um, as we got to Romania. As we, uh, we were split up into different Romanian homes, which was very uncomfortable. Um, I didn't have the team to lean on. I remember crying out at, at God at night, just like lonely um, in this, this, this different culture in this home that um, did not have hot running water, <laughs> which is very uncomfortable. Uh, they would actually boil water for me once a week so I could take a sponge bath. Not very fun. And, and in the midst of that, I was just really crying out to the Lord. I was like, God, am I really supposed to be here? Why, why am I here? And, and the one night, I, I got up to go to the bathroom. I'm going down this hallway, and it's, it's like the, the gazillionth time I went down this hallway, uh, you know, and all of a sudden, God answered my prayer. I look up, and there's a plaque about this big, Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, written out in English, right? And I'm like, okay, there's my answer, but how long has that plaque been there? And so the next morning, I inquired. I said, like, how long has that plaque been in the hallway? And they're like, oh, we've had it up for like eight years. I was like, you didn't have it down? No. So for whatever reason, I did not see that when I first got there. But just as I was like ready to throw in the towel, just as I was like, okay, God, I'm, I'm just done with this. I'm, I'm, I'm miserable. God reveals that to me. You know, it, 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 it was just a really a supernatural moment in my life, even though it's just a plaque with American writing in Romania. 
um, it, it was really something that, that just blew my mind. And I knew, without a doubt, that's where I was supposed to be. Um, as, as we started doing what we were supposed to do as, as a team there, we had our own apartments. That I, had, I shared an apartment with a, um, a guy from Belize. He was on my team, and then the women had another apartment. And so um, we, uh, we went into um, the uh, high schools in, in Romania, and we uh, had English classes. Now, if you know anything about me, I am not an uh, English scholar. I can't hardly speak proper English, but God used me. I, uh, I went there had conversation with high school kids, and then on the offshoot of that, we had, after school, we had an English Bible study, which people wanted to know English so badly, and not, there, there is a difference between British English and American English, and they wanted to know American English, so um, that was a, something that attracted them to our Bible study, and so, you know, we didn't see anybody, like, that I know of got saved, but in the midst of that, God is, God is working on me. He's working on um, my own heart in all of that. And that's what's so amazing about this missionary trip. When, uh, when I went to Romania, when I came back, I was not the same person. And then actually, when you come back from a missions trip, a lot of times it's harder to integrate back into our own culture than it is to go to a foreign culture. And so in the midst of that, God is just working on me. He is working on me. He is, uh, he is just, you know, there are certain things that he's just grinding out of me. Um, so I get back. I, I, uh, I find a job. I started working for a, for a, for a lumber company. And, and in that time I was there, I, I worked my way from the very bottom delivery driver up to a warehouse manager and then finally up to a salesman. And, that, you know, I, as, as I'm hustling there, I'm thinking that's what I want. You know, I want to get to the top. You know, that, that, that attitude. And when I finally got there in that, in that job, I'm like, I'm not satisfied. Now, in the midst of that, I, I, uh, I got married to my, my now wife, um, Amy. Uh, we got married, you know, um, she, she graduated from college. She started um, a teaching career out at East Holmes um, District. And, um, you know, it was, it, things were going well. Um, on the outside. Now, I, as just like, you know, normal everyday stuff, I, I was saved, no doubt about it. I knew I was saved, but my flesh was leading a lot of my life. So a lot of decisions I was making, a lot of things that I was doing in my own life was led by my flesh. And what I mean by that is just my, my human nature was, was really predominant. I, you know, once again, we went to church, but, um, you know, I, I was not always the nicest person to be around. If I was going to be frank, I'm just a jerk at times, and you can, you can ask my wife. Um, I'm sure living with me was not, not necessarily the nicest thing in the world, and um, one of the best compliments my wife has given me since we've been married is that she, I'm not the man that she married, that God has been working on my heart and changing me from the inside out. And I'm very thankful for that. Because when I'm led by my flesh, I don't like myself. I absolutely do not like myself. And it's very similar to what Paul says in Romans, where I do the things I don't want to do. You know, I, I can I understand that. So as, as, we, as we've, uh, you know, in my life here, we, uh, we're to the point where you know, things were going pretty well. We, we have a house uh, with 13 acres, which is what, what I wanted. I wanted a pond. I want all these things, right? And all these things seem to be happening. And then, um, this is about 18 years ago, my wife and I got pregnant. Exactly what we wanted, you know. We, we always wanted to be parents. We, we've talked about it most of our, our dating life um, into our married life. And um, we were excited. I was ecstatic. I was, that, you know, I, I think my wife says the best. She, all she ever wanted to be was a mom. And uh, as I came home one day, my wife meets me at the door. And uh, we found out we lost her baby. We named her Abby. Um, 
she went to her, to her appointment, and there was absolutely no heartbeat. And so um, she was far enough along where we had to go back in to the hospital, and uh, we had to deliver uh, a dead, dead body. And so um, that was devastating. Um, more than, than anything else in my life, that was the most devastating day, most devastating time that we've ever, ever, ever gone through. Um, and in the midst of that, um, I just remember asking why, 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 right? Um, why has this happened to us, you know? And then, then, I, then, I, then I start thinking, well, maybe it's myself. Maybe I did something wrong. Maybe God just punished me, right? And, and in, in the midst of that, God is so gracious because he allows you to ask those questions. Um, he, he allows you to be angry. And I was angry. That, that was probably the, 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 the biggest emotion I had at that time was, was anger. For my wife, it was sadness. I mean, and so um, trying to navigate that, uh, my, my sadness, my anger with hers and trying to, trying to be there for her the best I can at the same time I was hurting. And so I ended up hunting a lot, um, not really hunting. I was more in the tree stand yelling at God, honestly. Um, almost like anybody ever watched Forrest Gump and, and watched Lieutenant Dan up on the mast. That, that was me for about a year. That was me for about a year. And um, in the midst of that, God, God is so gracious. God is so good. And uh, he, he allows you to grieve, and he's there for you. Um, you know, I, I don't have any answers except that God is good, and I trust God. Uh, I do know one thing, that my daughter, Abby, is with Jesus right now. And that she has no pain. And that she doesn't have to deal with the sin and the repercussions of sin in this life. And really, that's, that's the only thing that has, that has gotten us through, through that. Um... But I was a very broken person after that. And, you know, I do believe, uh, and it's going to sound weird, but in a way it's a gift from God because I am completely, completely broken <laughs> in a good way. And I'm just like, okay, God, whatever you want in my life, I'm, I'm, I'm down for it now um, after, after processing all that. Um, soon after that, we left Moorhead. There was, there was some issues there. Um, there was a lot of intern pastors. And, and, and in that midst of that, we didn't have any, any real pastor that, that kind of took care of us. So we were kind of taking care of ourselves in the midst of that. And, uh, and so that was, that was kind of hard. Um, we had some hurt. Um, but that's not the real reason we left Moorhead. Just, it, we just, it, it, was, it was time. And we found another church called Grace Point who's no longer around. Um, Amy and I went in, and we started, uh, uh, there was no youth group, so we, we started doing youth group there. Um, and youth group was awesome. Youth group was awesome. There was, there was so many kids there that didn't go to church, didn't even have parents that went to church, but started coming. And every Wednesday night, we would sit there, and we'd have Bible study. Uh, once, once a, uh, a month, my wife would cook for him, and it was just, it was just really good. It, we, we, saw, we saw these kids literally going from no, no idea about Jesus to, man, they were just on fire for Jesus. They just wanted, wanted to be with Jesus, and they wanted to have Bible study. They didn't, they didn't, a lot of times there would be a, a night where, okay, we're just going to hang out, and we would end up doing a Bible study because they were so hungry for the Word. And so... Um, it was just good. Um, in that, though, there was, there, was, there was a lot of unhealthiness in the church. There was the structurally, there was just, uh, structure was poor. Um, some of the theology, they started going down a road that, and if we look back, my wife and I would say, yeah, we would, we would come, totally disagree with that. But in the midst of that, we, we really didn't know what was going on. And uh, for about a year, I felt like maybe, maybe it's time that we, we leave we leave Grace Point, and one day as we were driving, my wife and I were comparing notes, 
and she was feeling the exact same thing. So we, we, we started praying about it, and after a couple of things that we really felt like were like God telling us we need to leave, we, we made that decision. Uh, it was a really hard decision because those kids were, were so important to us, but at the same time, we had to be, we had to be faithful to what God was calling us. And so in the midst of that, we, we kind of detoxed. I don't know how else to say it. We, we decompressed from some unhealthiness that we had experienced, both of us experienced in, 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 in our church lives. I know that our families were really concerned about us because we, we just weren't going to church. We, we, we would sit on our, our porch on Sunday mornings a lot of times and just be like, and be able to, in that time we needed to do that. I, I wouldn't you know, say you need to stay there, but there, there was a time where it just, it was, it was amazingly healing for us to do that. Um, in the midst of that, um, some, uh, some people that I knew, um, and actually their daughter had gone to youth group. She had torn her ACL for the second time. And uh, I was like, I took off work. I went and sat at the hospital with them. I prayed with them before they went into the surgery. And uh, the, the doc came out and said, okay, we, we want to, take you back for consulting so her parents went back and um, her brother her older brother was there and he was always kind of like kind of standoffish anytime I was over at the family and and, and this family and I were kind of close anytime I was around he was he was you know cordial cordial but he wasn't exactly excited to see me if you know what I mean and I'm sitting there with him and his name is Logan and Logan's sitting there and all of a sudden he looks at me he goes hey would you uh would you do a Bible study with me? He could knock me over with a feather. I was like, sure. So this began, uh, I want to say almost a year, of me sitting down with him almost every Tuesday night. We're digging in the Bible. We're talking about God's word. We're talking about Jesus. And at this, you know, he's, he's not a believer. He, 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 would, he would say that at this point in time, he, he, was, he absolutely did not know Jesus personally. But we, we, just, we just hammered away at the Bible. He, he, he was looking for something. And I, I truly believe that God's, God's spirit was working in his heart. Just, just like, you know, later I asked him, I said, what, what even, what made you ask for the Bible study? He goes, I don't know. It, wasn't, it was like I opened my mouth and it just the words came out. And um, we, we started this Bible study, and it was awesome. And we, out of that, we, we, we started two more Bible studies. I, had, I, I still had this personal Bible study with him, but he had a group and, and some, some kids that I had from youth group. We had from youth group. Um, we started doing a Bible study with them. And then with Logan's parents, we started doing a Bible study with some adults. So we had actually two Bible studies going on in the week. And, you know, then my wife and I were praying, well, maybe... Maybe this is, this is a, a church plant. Maybe this is something that, that uh, um, we need to be looking into. In the midst of that, as, as, and, and, and a lot of these people that are coming to the Bible study, they either had no church experience whatsoever. And in fact, I remember one night just sharing the gospel and I had one of the guys sitting there and his jaw about bro- hit the ground because he just thought, well, if I'm a good person, I can get to heaven, right? And I shared... The only way you can get to heaven is by, by accepting what Christ has done for you on the cross because no one is good. No one is good. No one is good enough for God. And I, I remember his, his, his look on his face when it, the first time he's ever heard that. Holmes County, that's the first time he heard that. And, and, and in that, God started putting a desire in my heart for, for this area. Um, I, I wanted to go back on the mission field. You know, I was like, okay, I'm ready to go back on the mission field. And God seemed to always stop that for whatever reason. And I started realizing that this area is its own mission field. That there are people here, even in church, but out of church, that have never heard the true gospel, that never heard the fact that I'm not good enough for God, but I need Jesus and what he's done for me. And so there, there's been a, a burning desire for that. Uh, just let's get out in the community. Let's share Jesus with people. Um, well, as, we, as my wife and I are praying, 
we, uh, we were invited to Mercy Hill. And at that time, Mercy Hill had just started up about five, six months into it. Um, they were meeting at the, uh, the coffee house over in Walnut Creek at Newgrounds in the back room. And um, I think it was the first time Conrad preached, the only time he's preached so far. And, uh, you know, my wife and I looked at each other. My wife looked at each other and she said, we're home. We're home. We knew immediately, we knew immediately that this is the where we needed to be. Um, so we started um, getting a little more involved. I started hanging out with the, uh, at, at that time, it would have been um, Eric Conrad and Neil. Neil was our worship leader. I started hanging out with these guys. I was, I was, I just, I was just like, and hanging out with those guys, I also had, there was this, this desire, and I was sharing this desire with them that, that God just keeps putting in my heart about the lost, the lost in this area. And um, at that time, I was working at Pervia. I had, I had uh, gone from the lumber company and started working at Pervia out in Walnut Creek. And I really, I just really felt like God was calling me to leave Pervia. Now, there was some security there, had a good retirement, had good pay, good people to work around. It was a good work environment. And once again, it, it seemed like insanity for me to leave Provia. But I remember Eric, Eric preached a sermon one Sunday. I, I can't even tell you what verse it was on. But I knew in the, in, immediately when he shared that, I was like, okay, I'm done. I'm leaving Provia. And um, thankfully, you know, I had Conrad, Eric, and Neil supporting me. Um, as I left Provia, um, I started coming on as elder at Mercy Hill. Um, uh, they were bringing me on as elder after a lot of conversations, a lot of prayer. Um, I also, as I left Provia, I was like, okay, I'm not sure what I'm going to do. And, and Logan's mom actually worked at two of our local nursing homes, uh, Scenic and Sycamore. Um, they're sister, sister companies. Um, and she got me an application for being a chaplain there. And uh, I, I put the application in and immediately was accepted. So uh, not knowing what I was going to do, all of a sudden I'm on as elder and I'm also on as a chaplain at, at Scenic and Sycamore. Now, uh, obviously some of, you guys, some of you guys came out to Scenic and Sycamore, has done service there, service with me. And I'm, I'm very thankful for that. Um, that's actually where I, how I met Pat. You know, Pat Weaver um, is, is through the nursing home. And so God has been so good as, 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 as I was, you know, ministering at the nursing home. Um, I, uh, I looked at the nursing home as a two-fold ministry. It was, it was for the staff because it's, it's a hard job there, ministering to the staff and ministering to the residents. And, I, you know, I, I asked a question to God. I was like, hey, God, how... how how is it that I am even going to be able to minister to the community, to the lost, if I'm in these four walls of this nursing home? And honestly, God has given me so many connections outside the nursing home. Every time I go to Walmart, I see a former or a current employee from those two nursing homes. And so it has given me such an on-ramp for the community. I, 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 was, I was able to, you know help people, help staff. I've actually done some funerals for some staff members because they didn't have a pastor. They didn't have a church. And, you know, God answered that so, so much that, look, you know what? You are, you are here for a reason. And so, uh, you know, trudging along for about four or five years. Um, loved every minute of it. You know, I, I, uh, I'd still be there if it would be my choice. But uh, uh, with COVID kicking in, and some other things that happened, I unfortunately um, am not there now. Uh, and so, you know, another another fork in the road, another another season, if you will. And uh, it, you know, just before that all happened, my wife and I actually, once again, God trying to follow God where He wants us to go. Um, so a couple of years ago, we went to a, a conference. 
uh, down in Dallas, Texas. And it was the second time we'd been there. And in fact, I think Paul was there and, and Pat was there with us. And I, I, one of the sessions, I was just, I just was praying to God. And there was something, there was, there was, one of the speakers said something about what are you holding on to, right? What is it that you're holding on to that you're not willing to let go for God? And, and in the midst of that, our, our property, the house that we had, the, this, this little, little, little kingdom that I had built up, you know, this little mini farm that I wanted, um, came immediately to my mind. And, and I, I went out, and I remember Conrad, Conrad was out in that area too, and I just shared with him, I said, you know, man, I, it, it's, the, it's the house, you know, and I, I don't know. Uh, what God's asking me here to do, but I, I just, I, I feel like that's, that's what I'm holding on to. And so we prayed, Conrad prayed for me. And uh, I remember coming home and I'm like telling my wife this and she's like, what are you crazy? Uh, <laughs> and then we, we'd go back and forth for a couple years. And then we finally, we finally decided to sell the house. Um, after we, you know, we were like, okay, so let's start looking around. Let's start looking around. We, the first house we looked at was in Millsburg. And once again, this burning desire for, 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 for reaching out has been at the forefront of all of this. And we found this house, and it's just, everything's perfect about it. There's an apartment upstairs that we can use for ministry. And so we, we looked it over. We prayed about it. Actually, Conrad, Neil, and, and Eric came over, and they looked it over, and um, we put an offer in it. And they immediately accepted the offer. And the offer was quite low, or lower than what they were asking. And we're like, cool, now we have to sell our house. <laughs> it was contingent on selling our house. So we decided to just put some signs up and see what would happen. Um, in the midst of that, somebody else put an offer in the house that we had been accepted on. Well, since it was contingent on selling the house, we now had to sell the house in 72 hours, I think was what it was. And we were like, okay. <laughs> um, and so we prayed about it. Um, within, within 24 hours, the house was sold. Uh, amazing. You know, there was no doubt, because I, I, I remember telling the realtor, I remember telling the realtor, I said, well, we're just going to trust the Lord. If this, this is supposed to happen, we're gonna, we're gonna, we know it's going to happen. I, I remember her looking at me like I was completely crazy. And, and it did happen. <laughs> so so um, we moved to Millsburg, right in town. Um, and, and, and that's just one of the many changes that God has been doing um, in the last, especially eight years. I think my wife says it the best. She goes, we've had more changes, more changes in the last eight years than we've had in our entire marriage. But they're all good changes. They're all good changes. God is, God is always taking us and working through the details. He knows the details before we could even know them. And if, honestly, if, if you would have sat us down eight, ten years ago and said all these things were going to happen, we probably wouldn't have been able to handle it we probably wouldn't have been able to, to even process how that was going to look. Um, so, you know, once again, Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, trust in the Lord with all your heart, lean not on your own understandings. Um, after I left the nursing home, I was kind of idle, and uh, a store, a sports store out in um, uh, Berlin, formerly Kidron Sports, now j &L, um, hired me, and uh, that once again, that was just a God thing. I remember literally telling my wife the day before uh, I got hired there, I said, you know, it was a, it was a Saturday, I think. Okay, I'm going to, Monday, I'm going to start looking for a job because I, I, I we, we, well, first off, we need money. Uh, second off, I, I can't just be sitting, sitting at home waiting around. And uh, literally that, that afternoon, my brother-in-law texts me who works there part-time and says, hey, are you looking for a job? Um, they want to hire you. Cool. You know, once again, God just taking care of us. Um, in the meantime, my wife, um, after 20-some years of teaching, has now taken position elsewhere in the district. She is a, uh, a secretary for curriculum and testing uh, district-wide, and that's just been a good change for her. Um, you know, God, God, once again, is always, always working, always working out the details.
um, on so many more levels than we know. Um, I, I, I think, you know, just even the story of, of you guys, right, and Pat, and getting to know us at Mercy Hill, and how he's just merged this, and how he's made this happen. This is a God thing. This is not something that we, we've sat through and said, okay, we're going to make this happen. This is a God thing. And, you know, I, I just really want to uh, just, once again, I just gave, gave you snapshots of my life. But as we look forward, as we look ahead of what, what, what is this going to look like, we know that God's got it, right? We know that God has every single one of us and corporately all of us. And I'm excited. I really am. Um, worship team, you can come on up. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm really excited to think about what God's going to do here. You know, I, I, I get excited as I look around the room and look at your faces. And I'm excited to think what God is going to do with us individually, but as us, with us as corporately. I'm excited about thinking about reaching out into this, this community. For those that don't know Jesus, for us to be able to go share Jesus with those people. To, to watch him work in their lives. Those are all things I believe that's going to happen here. This property, it's a tool. How's God going to use it? I don't know exactly. But I, I do believe with everything I have in me that God is going to do something awesome here. Not because it's, it's me or because of you. It's, it's because God holds all things together. He is, he is always doing something. He always has a plan. And it's exciting. It's exciting to, to think that God wants to use us in that plan. He wants to use you and me to share Jesus with others. I, I don't know how much more exciting that can be, honestly. And so... It, it, it really is my prayer. It's my hope that, 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 you know, that we can just really look to the future together and, and just really ask and seek God what he wants, what's he want to do. Um, let me pray. Uh, Father God, we, we thank you so much. We thank you for, for just the amazing things that you do. Um, no little detail is beyond you. Even though we are like ants, I, I know that you um, are directing our paths. And uh, I, I, do, I do pray. I pray for uh, Mercy Hill as a whole. I, I pray for, for Mercy Hill West here that you will just lead us and guide us. Um, I pray that we will be able to trust in you fully and um, just be led fully by you. Um, once again, we thank you for Jesus. And we thank you that you are so good to us. May your name be glorified. In your name I pray.